Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Word of Reason podcast, where we bring reason to your life only through the Word of God. I'm happy to be back. I'm gonna be a little bit more consistent. That I can guarantee, because I wanna, I wanna start doing some new stuff. Um, I'm going to have something actually new implemented on the podcast, either in the next one or the one after that. I'm very excited to hear what. I'm very excited for you guys to hear what was gonna be cooking up. Um, I have no idea how long the process is going to be, but I can guarantee that it's going to be soon. Um, real quick, getting some stuff up out the way. Uh, if you ever have any questions or if you feel like um, coming to talk to me, asking questions, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you can reach out to me at the Instagram word of reason dot pod on Instagram and word of reason podcast, all lowercase at gmail dot com. Uh, and then you can email me through there and I can get back to you as well. Also, for those who are generous and feel it in their heart to give, we got I got a cash app. It's uh, if you go up to the Instagram, you can find a link to everything on there. Um, and I would re- I appreciate every dime, nickel, dollar doesn't even matter. Send a penny. It's still something. Um, and it shows where your heart is at. A uh, penny would low key be kind of disrespectful, you know, like, yeah, buy yourself something nice. Like, that's wild. Um but yeah, man, that's about it. I'm really stoked to see what uh to see how I'm gonna do what's coming up next. It's gonna be a little bit more professional. How you guys liking the uh the new background that we implemented on the on the clips? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can check that uh, you can check that also on the Instagram or the TikTok. Just search up Word of Reason for both of those. Honestly, you'll find it. So I wanna hop right up in to 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 what the topic is today. Um and when I was talking to one of my friends who's also doing a podcast called Coair's Podcast, um, he he was talking about how usually he has bullet points. And I've been kind of having the easy route because I've had so much to talk about from the copious amount of events that have been going on ever since quitting my job. And it's not like things aren't happening. It's just like things aren't happening that I haven't really gone over already. And it's not like um, nothing's happening that I can't go over it. I'm just like, I don't know how to go in depth with that. And when I was talking to him, he had brought up the point of how you just turn on the mic and let the spirit take over. And that's really what I want to do today. Although I do have something that has stuck in my mind. So earlier today I woke up. Actually, I want to talk about that though. Um, garbage man actually was here at like 745 and I woke up earlier this morning because I'm trying to get back on track. Bro, I walk outside with both of my 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 room and the bathroom with the trash. I'm I'm walking out here thinking everything's sweet. I opened up the doggone trash can after seeing a garbage man all the way down the street, other side of the cove. I'll open it. I see it's empty. I said Bro, I look down the street. Bro goes all the way from the other end of the cove, all the way over here. And I'm like, oh, my fault, my fault. And he says, no problem, bro. Just throw it in. I'll put it in. I was just like, oh, you are a real one. Like, you drove legitimately all the way up the street and reversed all the way back out. Bro didn't even go around the circle. He reversed out. I'm like, you a real one for that. And then he put... And then he put all the stuff in. I don't know. That had nothing to do with the story, really. But anyways, I woke up this morning and I started watching um, Brett Cooper. And for, for those who don't know, you might see her on TikTok doing a lot of internet news. Because um, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch the news, bro. 
Because a lot of people are always so caught up on all the negative that's going on. And that's not the reason why. The reason why I don't watch the news is because it's not nothing that's new. Nothing that I didn't already know was going to happen. This is not coming out of ego t- uh, ego or, or, oh, I could have predicted this is the way that the world was going to go because I paid attention to politics. I'm 18 years old and I'm still not registered to vote yet. I don't even know if that's illegal. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I should be. I should start heading that direction. But it's just like, bro, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like getting into politics. I don't feel like getting into none of that. So um, what I meant by like I could see it happening is because it's all up in the word. Believe it or not, bro, it is in the word. It has been in the Bible all this time about how it's going to be. Lawlessness breaking out. People hating one another. Um, sexual In the days of Noah. And, and let me... Let me actually go back and find it. This is not the direction I go. I can see why you turn on the mic and just get to spitting. Let, let's let's talk about it because a lot of people also use this to talk about how God is, you know, God is oh so bad because he flooded the earth and killed everybody. I'll, I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. Okay, knowing the flood, it's on. Uh, it's in Genesis chapter six. Literally in the NIV Bible, because sometimes some Bibles have headings. It says wickedness in the world. And I already knew what this was about, but I didn't even ever pay attention to the subheadings in the chapter because sometimes I just skim over it. But look, when humans began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose, meaning that the angels would have sex with humans. That is a big no, no. Um, so then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were created on the earth or in other words, giants. And also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of human and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that, listen, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. Let's go back. (laughs) The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race. You see how he didn't say of a specific city or he wasn't targeting one, like one gets punished for all. The human race, everybody, had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth, the human race I have created and with them, the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. So in afterwards of our complete disobedience and separation from God, that is created by the dividing wall of sin it made a separation in us like he wanted to he created us to have a relationship and for us to be in fellowship with him and yet we we chose no and then not only chose no but then chose to completely agree with the opposite side like you can't tell me that wouldn't piss you off like let's let's stop treating god like he doesn't have feelings if if we're gonna take what he says is truth and he says that we are created in his image if we're created in his image, we have his emotions. 
Now, let me explain further because you may be like, oh, but whenever I lust after somebody, that's an emotion. That's a feeling. It's definitely also a thought process. And I do want to say that that is definitely not from him because. Hmm, let me let me let me think about how I want to say this. Because I want to find scriptural evidence, but I definitely have something to say about this personally. We as humans inherently have the desire of sin in our hearts. So when we come out the womb, we know right from wrong, but we still have the desire to do wrong because it brings us pleasure or because it's easier that way. So whenever you feel in your heart that you want to bone a chick or that you want to settle up and ride the horse, that is like I'm talking about like you see somebody in the mall and then you're trying to hook up. That is not a feeling that comes from God. And we know this because he speaks out against this. And tell me where Jesus was feeling in his heart that he wanted to hook up with somebody to relieve the stress of leading a ministry of which is very, 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 very true and perfect. Not the ministry, but himself. And then he's just like, I just want to take a break. I want to I want to relieve myself and let my flesh go. And it says in what? Let me see where it's at in Hebrews. Actually, let me let me let me let me stop jumping around. I'll get to that in a second. But. So the Lord said, I will wipe everybody from uh, from the face of the earth. Now, the earth was corrupt. In, in verse 11, we'll jump down. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw, God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And if you think, oh, well, he chose Noah, Noah was the best he had and he was a drunkard. So um, God saw that he could work in him, but at least he had a heart that was righteous in the sight of God. Just in a world full of disgust. And the whole reason I went over that, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing my point uh, full circle, is that it says that the Bible will be in the days of Noah. Now, I could keep reading about that, and you would see how, I mean, like, in all their ways, they were wicked. Didn't even know it. Um, But in all their ways, they were wicked. They just kept on doing stuff that was just wrong. And they did not care. They didn't. They didn't want to do. They didn't want to do what was right. They didn't second guess it, bro. They just did what they followed in their hearts, which is inherent because we have sinful hearts. And uh, let me see in Hebrews where it's like da 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 da. That says Jesus did not commit no sin. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Baba da boo. <laughs> I want to get the exact verse and I know the verse by by um by memory. I just want to provide it for you as well. <laughs> there we go. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. It's talking about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So 
all of Hebrews is really dropping nothing but bars showing Jesus's deity um, and his supremacy over us. And that the fact that he was just God and not just God, but he was just he was in the flesh and he was still God. Um, that wasn't even the whole point, to be honest. But um, for real, that's why I like I don't watch the news anyways. Uh, so. Don't watch the news, see it coming from a mile away when I started reading the word because it's in here. Everything that this book says is coming to fruition. And at first I didn't believe in prophecies. Like literally before I, I learned about the fact that we are to prophesy, doesn't just because you can prophesy doesn't mean you, you know what I'm saying? You won't, uh, well, I don't wanna, I don't wanna say that. There's, there's different levels and people who have the gift of prophecy. So, yes, we are all we are all able to prophesy. I forgot exactly what, what they said. Anywho, I was watching the, sh the, 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 the video from Brett Cooper. And it was talking about teens telling the truth. Essentially, what would what what would it be like if teenage boys just spoke on truth? I clicked on that video because I know how I'd be talking. It'd be crazy. Um, and it went over a lot of different topics, but one that really resonated and rung in my ear was the fact that the question of do you fear death came up. And that question is one that I definitely want to go over because it seems like a lot of people um, around the clock, Christian or not, people fear death. They don't know. Death is one of the most unsure things that the entire race of the world could think about. Some people are fearless of it because they genuinely just think it fades to black. Some people aren't scared of it because they think they'll come back as a rock and reincarnate it. Like whatever they choose, whatever they, you know what I'm saying? Whatever happens just happens. However, on the other hand, there's this very, very high level of uncertainty of the fact that when you die, you don't know what happens. And there's so many theories out there about what happens. There's so many lies, essentially, out there of what happens after you die. Some people may feel like they come back and, and get a second chance or... Some people really believe that when they die, they become gods and then they will come back and reign over this earth. I haven't done like in-depth research on the topic. Um, I want to do in-depth research on other religions just to see what what their types of um, what their mindset is. However, I haven't done in-depth research on, on the perception of death because a lot of them, from what I can tell, it's nothing like the God of the Bible. And a lot of you have, a lot of us, I'll even include myself in this, um, because at one point, boy, I was confused. I was, I was like, bro, um, this is scary. How do y'all all have certainty about heaven, yet we're supposed to follow all these rules and da 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 da. And I'm like, um, y'all sitting over here praying and praising, yet 
I know all of y'all probably in here cussing. I know all of y'all probably in here letting y'all anger take you take you over and you go into wrath. And it's like, I'm sitting over here thinking like, you commit a sin, you just go to hell. Like God sends you to hell. That was my perspective. God sends you to hell. The devil's going to poke you with a pitchfork and burn you alive and your skin's going to fall off. And hearing like all these other, other, other people's experiences that they, they go to hell. God shows them hell because... He wants them to spread that message of how seriously the threat of hell is or to get them on track. And it ends up being their testimony. Yes, that can happen. And yes, it has happened a lot, not just in the recent years of media being so easily accessible of picking up a camera and then lying on camera. A lot of people have gone through the experience of experiencing hell. And I really have, if you're strong enough to handle it or not, I'm not going to lie. The first time I heard and saw these 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 paintings and explanations of people talking about hell. I was horrified. I was scared to death. Like I legitimately heard about hell for like the first time. And the fact that I knew that I did not know who Jesus was and I wasn't, you know, like what what you think? Like I wasn't praying to him every night or reading my Bible every day and I couldn't remember scripture and I was thinking like I'm going to go to hell. Like I'm on my way. Like there's not a doubt. And I couldn't sleep that night. Like I legitimately was being tormented mentally. And uh, a lot of the times the devil will torment you mentally as a kid and put up strongholds that make it so hard to make you or allow you to believe in God later on in your life because of what you have been instilled with at a young age. That's why a lot of the times you see whether good or bad whether from Jesus or from Satan, it really stems from from children, the perspective of children, the the um, the growth of children, because you're hitting them in not only developmental areas, but in places where they're extremely vulnerable and have no perception on what's real or not yet. They don't have an opinion yet or or experience. And a lot of people even recently, I, I will post some 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 clips and then I'm not going to lie. I feel a little bit happy because I got a few haters, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's how I know we, we move in some type of way. We got a little bit of hate comments. People will say, like, you're 18 years old. What the heck do you know about uh, having a walk with Christ? I'm like, uh, what? people have gone through way much more than me and experienced Christ at an even younger age. And I can't be 18 to experience it. Some people find Christ and serve him at 16 and 15. And I mean, they are developed into becoming even like, like even much more mature than I am. And it's like, it, a lot of the things that are instilled in you as a child, spiritually or physically, through your parents, through your siblings, through your relatives, through people you don't know, strangers or not, a lot of the times the bondage you carry, either generationally meaning from your parents or your great grandparents that pass on down to you, or if it came from your parents or people around you, the things that were instilled in you as a child are going to be some very serious factors in developing your relationship with Jesus, because you have to let that stuff go. You have to acknowledge it, get it up out and get it away. A lot. That's why you will see in the Bible that it talks about the old man and the new man. The old man was you 
I'm not gonna lie. Let me explain that. Let me explain that. Just just carry one thought at a time, please. Um, that in your old man, you you are just you are racking up the currencies to pay your wages off. And what I mean by that is a lot of people in church have heard this, and a lot of people may be maybe listening to this and haven't been to church and haven't even had a relationship with God yet. But for the wages of sin is death. The penalty to pay for committing sin is you are going to die. That is without a doubt. That is why death is a current. You are going to die because of your sin. And when you die, you have to pay your penalty because you are not righteous to enter God's perfect city. And because you're not perfect, what like I heard this explained too. I heard this explained and that this also kind of explains uh, people's confusion on on how to get into heaven. A lot of people think being good or going to church or because your parents are Christians or because you, you read the Bible, you could stop doing all of that and you still going to hell like. You <laughs> let me elaborate. So. The the qualification. I want you to really, really hear me when I say this, that the qualification for you getting to heaven means little to nothing about what you can do, except for realizing the only reason you get to heaven is because of what Jesus did. It doesn't matter what you did on this earth, except for accepting him and following out his commandments. That is the most important decision that you can make that I could even attribute to you doing anything getting to heaven. The only thing you can do that would air quotes qualify you is being qualified through accepting Jesus into your life. That is the only way. We're not we we don't get to heaven by our own merits or what by by what we do. It is only by Jesus. He is our mediator, our gateway. There is no way to the Father but through him because he's the only one that can cleanse you of the filth you've been building up in your old man. And the new man, let me make it also abundantly clear that you are still going to be dealing with the issues afterwards. I was dealing with porn for years and years and years. Got saved, still dealt with porn for two more years. Like there are going to be things. Listen, God does wipe away sometimes certain things immediately because there's literally no desire to do such. Some people is cursing. Some people it's pornography. Some people it's other things. Some people it's hatred, anger, lust, whatever it may be. I mean, lust is still going to attack you. Some of these things are still going to attack you anyways to get you to fall. However, when you when you. When you get saved and you are cleansed and you have a new man, you are born again, as we say. You have to still deal with the stuff that you've been manufacturing in your body for all these years. Okay, you've been desiring pornography for 15 years. 
now you're 25 years old, you get born again, and you can't blame God and say like, oh, why didn't you take it away? You don't even want it to go away. You say that because you know it pleases him. I understand how that feels. You say you want it gone because you know God hates it, but do you hate it? Do you want it to go away? I be getting so sidetracked, think like 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 a Holy Spirit brings some ideas into my mind, and it'd be like I wasn't even intending to go this way, but I'm gonna let the Spirit speak. Turn me up some more. I don't think they're hearing me. Gonna start quoting some Caleb Gordon up in here, bro. Like, dude, I'm meant to talk about the the ways that you can, like, what happens after death. Like, I'm going in uh, in depth explanation. But to complete the thought, you are still going to have to develop because sanctification is a process that all of us are going to be going through until Jesus comes through them clouds. I, I, so don't be so, so quick to say, well, I'm not, I'm not who I want to be yet. I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not this. It is, it's a process. Breathe. It is a process. It is a process. Okay. And God still remains the same in the fact that he wants us to want him. We made the initial step of saying, look, I want you to be lordship over my life. Now it's okay. Now that I've acknowledged you as Lord over my life, I want to follow your commandments. I want to lead a life that pleases you. And I want to continue doing so because I love you. That is why some things may not go away as quick. He, he wants us to still desire him, still desire him. And imagine what it would look like if he just took every problem away. And now we're like, whoop de do. Everything's perfect now. That still ain't genuine, really. If like, if we, <laughs> we can take it for granted if all of our troubles were taken away from us because we put in no effort no work, no relationship, no conversation to, to go through this with God, to go through this fight continuously and choosing God of our own accord continuously. Now, imagine if I chose God accord, like, like, like according to what I wanted, like I genuinely chose God over my lust for like four weeks, fell one time and then stayed down for six months because I was like, look, I did it for five weeks and you ain't take it away. So I'm assuming like... How are we going to do that with him? You only wanted him for the five weeks while stuff was still sweet. And now whenever the, the doggone crap hit the fan, now you want to be over here pointing, blaming him. Like that don't work like that. You stop wanting him after the five weeks. It is going to be a process. So now going back to what I was talking about earlier, um, I forgot even how I got to this point, but I'm going to just go back where I was uh, leaving off uh, with the whole like, um, a ways to get into heaven so i was petrified back in the day of the idea of heaven and hell because i thought like look you commit a sin you going to hell and i knew the sins that i was committing and i will repent and i thought that with repenting it would take away all of my issues as well and it it definitely ain't work like that uh, honestly like i just explained it
I I want to say that the the idea of death being so scary is because they have no certainty. And even as Christians, there was a person in that video who was a Christian, right? And the person who was a Christian still said that they were uncertain. And you want to know what else is actually now piecing it together. I see how God was working for me to get to this topic and let him have his way on this podcast. Because last night and this morning on my recommended for YouTube, there was a video about doubting God, doubting as a Christian. And I really want to say to you, and also I want to thank Tyree for this message because, or for this bar and the Holy Spirit is first and foremost, really for giving him the bar to speak, is that for you to doubt something, you had to place your faith in it initially, or for you to doubt, you had to have faith. Or to doubt, you essentially had to put some some level of trust in there beforehand to get to this doubt. And to doubt and have questions for God is okay. It is normal. Yes, we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. And it is still important that you ask God questions about him. And why does he operate this way? Why aren't you revealing yourself to me? Why don't you just come down in my room and show me you completely right now? And then wait for his answer. Those who ask, wait, 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 what is it? Chapter 7, verse 23, Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. Am I tripping? I think I'm tripping. Yeah, no, I'm tripping off that one. It might be six. Yeah, no, it was it was seven verse seventeen. Matthew chapter seven verse seventeen. Asking it will be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And which of you, this is Jesus still speaking though. I'm gonna go to nine. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then thought you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And even so, it's like, bro, you can see the context is where it's like, look, if you ask, like even your own father, flesh and blood, literally you're his seed. And and he is by no means compared to God's goodness, and he still gives you good gifts. How much better will our perfect, heavenly, great, good father give an even better gift to those who ask him, those who seek him, those who want him to answer those questions? So yes, please, by all means, please realize that it is okay to ask God questions. He is not, and I mean not, going to throw a thunderbolt through your window and kill you because you questioned the almighty God. He is not going to do that to you. He wants to build a relationship with you. And obviously in relationships, there are going to be questions about one another. Just like you build a relationship with anybody else, you're going to need to build a relationship with the father. That is point blank period. That's going to happen. And so whew, with with that being said, the, the person was doubting because they were like, even as a Christian, I still don't know what's happening. And I understand that because even recently I've been going through that because I'm, I'm not going to go on a whole explanation of this. But 
it wasn't really faith in his existence or what happens after I die. It was more like, hmm, I forgot what it was revealed to me that I was so, so unfaithful in. Let's see. I'm trying to find out exactly what the words were revealed to me. Ah, uh, yeah, I lacked faith in other people's faith, essentially. So, like, let's say if I'm in here getting filled with the presence of the Holy Ghost and I go into tongues and I'm speaking tongue and it's, I'm feeling the presence of God and da-da-da-da-da and my friend who's new to church sees me going, what they would think is absolutely ballistic. Like, they would think I'm actually going crazy. And I'm so caught up on the opinion of man thinking about how they think of me because I want them to know God so that they can get to this point too. Like I want them to feel the the peace, the love and the fulfillment of our God. Like it's literally like none other. And then I'm so concerned, like, dang, does this make any sense to you that I'm like, God, are you showing up to them? And it would be like, my faith isn't on a lack of your presence to me, but rather I'm so con concerned and caught up like, how do they feel? How how do they see this? And really, it, it, I'm not. I'm just over explaining that. It's just the the. I wouldn't say necessarily fear, but it's the fear of the opinion of man. That's really what it is. And I'm like, you probably think we look crazy, don't you? You probably think we look ridiculous, and even some of our ideals sound ridiculous sound absolutely wild especially i would know because the people looked at me crazy and probably was talking behind my back when i told them plain put god told me to quit my job god told me to cut my hair i don't know what else to tell you like i will over explain it so you can get the full context and even then you still might think i'm crazy because you just don't know them yet very loud on the yet. It's like that, that. That's what caused my faith to come into uh, to question. But I understand. So now getting to the topic because that was a whole lot right there. Actually, um, I want to talk about the idea of life after death, hell, heaven. Typical questions that a lot of people that a lot of people present in their fear or questioning of death. And this is this is more of me just explaining what I believe, what I know as truth. And to even potentially it be a, a revelation for you. So I'm not going to be on here debunking lest the Holy Spirit take over. Um, and then next thing I'll bring up some more absolute bangers to go over. So the idea of heaven, that's why I really went on and talking about how to get into heaven. A lot of people think it's based on their own merit. And a lot of people feel like, let me explain what heaven is, because people think it's just going to be like one large worship ceremony for like all of eternity. And I don't know where this scripture is, but it's like, bro, no, no, like one big everlasting concert that forces you to serve God forever. 
we got stuff to do up there, but it's going to be different types of things to do. Like there's a fat list. Actually, I kind of want to go over it if I can find it a list list of things to do in heaven. Cause I really want to present these two six things we'll enjoy. We'll go over the first one we see. Company, victory songs, end of sorrows, no evildoers. Oh, they were trying to be cute with that. I don't like that. Ah, there we go. This this one's uh this one's a little bit this one's a little bit different. Why are they telling me to disable my ad blocker? Like y'all need to leave me alone. Let me block y'all ads. I don't want nothing to do with this. Once. We'll pause it once. Alright, so leave leave me alone. Alright. So, yes, worshiping is part of it. Um, also, we gonna be partying, bro. Y'all think the party gonna be in hell? Cause you think a lot of people feel like where where God is, it is the complete opposite of what you get to do in in, in sin. So let let me talk about that. That um, in heaven, let's say like. And sinning, you can't party. People have the perception of when you sin, it means can't party, can't smoke, can't drink, can't get drunk, can't have sex, da 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 da. And that since we can't do that as Christians, we'll be able to do that in hell as sinners. We get to do what we was doing on earth in hell. And we get to party, we get to chill, we get to, you know what I'm saying, do what we did on earth, but with Satan. That could not be so far from the truth and one of the greatest chokeholds and lies that Satan has placed on all of humanity because at one point i was definitely thinking that too i was like bro if i don't get to like you know what i'm saying like i was so caught up with the idea of sex i was definitely like we can't have sex in heaven man i ain't trying to go there bro if we're gonna live for eternity i want to get me some like come on bro no that was not how i'm that's not how i'm is now bro <laughs> but uh yeah we'll party with god it says matthew chapter 8 verse 11 and revelation 19 verse 9 i have to go over these but it says Jesus carried on a tradition that began in the Old Testament by attributing life with God's abundance, especially when it comes to parties. Eating and drinking was a proper way to think about time spent with God in heaven, reclining at the table with those whom God invited, being married, eating great food and having a good drink. Who could throw a better party than God? No one. But these won't be the parties that some of us tell embarrassing stories about from our college days or our wild years. These will be dedicated to celebrating God, to enjoying his abundant grace, peace, goodness, and there will be no sinful actions before or afterwards. We'll have the greatest God honoring parties anyone has ever seen. I like that explanation a lot because a lot of people's perception of a party, it feels like a party can't be a good time unless you're absolutely out of your mind and intoxicated and you wake up the next morning having a pop of Tylenol. Um, and I used to think the same way too. Cause like, if you ain't getting drunk, you ain't living your best life, bro. Cause whenever you drink some of that liquor, you, you get some boldness in you, bro. You definitely get some boldness. I mean, like you, you texting your crush at 3 AM talking about some, can I pull up? Like who are you talking about? Can I pull up to bro? That's that liquor talking. Next thing you know, you wake up by a dumpster. <laughs> uh, let's see what, uh, Matthew chapter eight, verse 11 says. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 
Dang. But the subject, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That would definitely be hell. So, um, that many will come from the heat. Oh, okay. 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 So let me give you some context. It says that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, I think that's a warrior. I have no idea. Or a leader of an army might be wrong. Came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does this or he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not going to lie. That's not kind of like a lit party. Everybody going to come from. He said everybody going to come from everywhere pulling up to this party. And what I like about this explanation that's on this website, it's called crosswalk.com. It should be like if you search up things to do in heaven or what we will do in heaven, it should come up as like the second or third one. Let me see. And then it says Revelation chapter 19, verse 9. I'm going to go over this one and then go to the next point. Let's see. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Dang. Now having context, that may not sound like nothing, but let me explain. It said, blessed are those who invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. Most people don't know what the wedding supper means. Okay, think about this, right? The bride and the groom. Jesus um, says that the body of the Christ and the bride and the groom, it represents the body of uh, Christ, which is the church, his people, Christians, Christ followers, followers of Christ, and Jesus are wedded. And that's why the example for the husband is to be like Jesus was with the church, willing to die for them, um, give up their life for them. Like the way that Jesus in the church is, is the way that a husband and the wife should be. Um, and I think that they say that Jesus was the bride or the groom and the either way, the, like, like that. So it says that the wedding supper of the lamb. So when the followers of Christ are in heaven with Jesus, only in heaven Will it be like the marriage or coming together of the body of Christ and Jesus Christ himself? And it's saying that there's going to be a wedding supper. And y'all know that them after parties be absolutely lit, bro. Like, come on, bro. You know them parties be lit, bro. Them parties be going crazy. And it says, are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And, and we know that Jesus was the lamb that was slain for the propitiation or the, fulfill, the the payment of our sins so that we don't have to go to hell. It's an option for us. And he added, these are the true words of God. And that sounds fire. I'm not going to lie. Another thing that was said that we will do in heaven is that we're going to have meaningful work. It says, before the fall of humanity, Adam and Eve had meaningful work. They oversaw God's creation, cared for one another, and even were asked to express their creativity by naming the animals. Their work wasn't toilsome, overly difficult, stressful, demeaning, or something did begrudgingly. Or, or, or things that you did where it's like, mm, I want to do this jump, bro. I'm tired of it. 
Everything at this point was good, including their work. But when sin and death entered the world, their lives and their work became a shadow of what it once was. But someday we will once again have meaningful community where we where we have jobs, build houses and work inside God's kingdom to the glory of him. We'll once again look forward to our work and every aspect of it will give us personal meaning, being beneficial to others and glorify God. We'll live to serve him and be glad to. Now, think about this. Think about this. Let's say you work in a fast food. I'm going to use my example, Sonic. Now, I hate clocking in at Sonic sometimes, bro. I'd be the only cook, the only good cook. I'm not even flexing. I'd be the only one who put in the effort rather than just trying to cap, cap a paycheck. And sometimes, bro, I hate clocking in. Imagine going into a job where it's just like, I'm ready to work today. That's kind of how I feel with this podcast. It's like, I'm, I'm waking up. I get to hit that good stretch, like that that good stretch. You wake up, sit at your desk with a cup of coffee, you know what I'm saying? You get that good little arm stretch. You got your robe on. You collect the newspaper in the morning and you'll pick a fence house. I'm, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm not even going to do all that. But it's just like, imagine having work that's actually meaningful. Work that you're excited for. And if you're like, I can't even imagine that. Well, I wouldn't imagine that you can imagine that. I can't either. Because of the fact that that it says that um when the fall happened, that... It said that men will work with their hands and it will be toilsome. The work will be toilsome. So it wasn't before this. And now we know that to, to earn your to earn your right, it says in the Bible that you you work or if you don't work, you don't eat, bro. Like you put in your work, you get to eat. If you don't, you don't. The Bible advises that we get out there and get to work. Do something. Do do some work. Um. And so imagine having to do work that's not toilsome. And that's just a few points. There's a lot of other stuff that I hear people say that they get revelation on upon what happens in heaven. But uh, there's two other bullet points or, or some more. Now I want to talk about the place where a lot of people feel like it's going to be peaches and keen, party drinking and smoking. You know what I'm saying? You getting all that good stuff. Absolutely not. No, I want to. Now, I don't got, I didn't, like I said, I didn't come on here with no background. Um, so I'm going to just search up what is hell like in the Bible. I'm not going to nothing else. I'm searching up what is hell like in the Bible. So I'm looking at something called Christianity.com. Oh my gosh, y'all with these ads, bro. Like, y'all need to really get out my ear with this garbage. Like, um, you really need to to really disable these ad things because we really like to show them to you. Well, I don't care. I want to see them. So I got the ad blocker on in the first place. This says there will be darkness. It says that the book of Job, known as the oldest book in the Bible, contains many descriptions of a land of deepest night, of utter darkness and disorder. It's given the verse Job 10, verse 21 through 22. And other passages in Jake in Job mention a realm of darkness, which is saying Job 17, verse 13, even a day of darkness. Oh, day of darkness. Is that what people were talking about? A lot of people are saying there's going to be something about a day of darkness coming soon. And I'm like, I have absolutely no idea where that where that came from. But it's saying Job chapter 15, verse 23, which may refer to continuing or continued suffering on earth or a day of judgment and eternal suffering in hell. These verses show early depiction of how people understood the place of dead. 
other descriptions in darkness saying that there's a realm of darkness. Nahum chapter one, verse eight, Matthew eight, 12, Matthew 22, verse 13, Matthew 25, verse 30, Jude one, verse 13, Revelation 16, verse 10. It says plenty of times that the point number two is that there's going to be gnashing of teeth. I want you to think about what what would make you feel so, so much pain that you grunt your teeth together. I want you to vividly think about this. You gotta you gotta tighten your jaw so bad that your teeth not only stick together and grind, but they're going to be gnashing to the point where literally the the structure of your teeth is going to diminish quickly because you're gnashing your teeth and grinding them together. Like literally every cartoon where you see people rubbing their teeth together, gnashing their teeth together, and and just skimming them down to what would look like a, a clip fingernail. You mean to tell me it's gonna be like that? What makes you feel that much pain in which you got to gnash your jaw together like that? And it says, the son of man will send out angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear, which is Matthew 13, verse 41 through 43. And there's other passages as well. Um, next it says fire. In the Old Testament, Isaiah prophesied about a place of unquenchable fire. And they will go out. This is Isaiah chapter 66, verse 24. And it says, and they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms will eat them. The worms will eat them. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched and they will be loathsome to all mankind. And it says, according to the Cambridge commentary, this verse is the basis of the later Jewish conception of Gehenna as the place of everlasting punishment. In his Greek word that talks about the Valley of Hinnom, which more previous inhabitants of the land offered child sacrifices to the god Molech. Of course. And, uh, ah, yes. How could I forget this? Number four, hell is really the complete and total, and I mean complete and total separation from God. And you may think that what would it potentially be like with the sup? Ooh, I want to say this too, that it says that the air has burning sulfur in it. And apparently I saw a video of what uh, what it would be like to breathe in burning sulfur. And I heard that if you were to breathe in burning sulfur, imagine taking a breath like this. Like that's all, that's how you're going to breathe. Like I want you to try doing that. Take a breath where you can't even breathe for more than half a second. Just. I heard that's how it is when you breathe in burning sulfur. And that is going to be eternity oh my gosh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i want to see that i want to find that burning no no it was brimstone burning brimstone let me see let me see where it says that in the bible was it burning brimstone or was it sulfur it says yeah it was fire and brimstone uh-huh. 
Okay, brimstone usually describes sulfur and is associated with punishment and excruciating torture. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see a verse though. Dang. Yeah, it's talking about. Ooh. Yeah, 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 okay. It did just drop a whole bunch of stuff in this got questions. Um and 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 the reason why I want to go over this is if people don't know and that they're more like, like less mature in their spirit, I say this not to scare you because I want to reassure you in this aspect. But by any means do not take this out of context. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are deserving to go to heaven, like on our own accord, but from Jesus's sacrifice, which is literally the bridge between man, the connection of man and God. And let me see, because I was just reading, I believe it was first Thessalonians. It may be in second where it was talking about Jesus being the bridge. It says in first Thessalonians, first Timothy, it was first Timothy, my fault. First Timothy chapter two, verse three. Um, oh, it says it's in verse four, actually. I'll just read verse three and four and five and six. This is good and pleases our savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Who gave himself as a ransom for all people. I want you to say that I want you to understand that point because a lot of people will will get the misconstruction uh, misconstruction. I don't even think that is a word, but um, people will get it completely misconstrued about the uh, idea of the fact that heaven is where good people go. People who try to be perfect go and dabba dabba doo doo and hell is where the people who just live in a best life in very loud air quotes get to go. Or people think hell is where you just rethink your decisions so that you get a rego. And people think about purgatory, but purgatory is nowhere to be found in the Bible. Maybe I guess you can misinterpret the fact of where it says that the dead are sleep. But the dead that are in sleep only await in that slumber for the coming back of Jesus Christ. That's why it talks about in the resurrection. Uh, wait, what am I talking about? Not the resurrection, but the second coming of Christ where God comes from the sky or Jesus comes from the sky. God, Jesus, but Jesus comes from the, so the sky and it says the dead will rise first. And then those who are still here are going to come up as well. Actually, that was also in second Timothy. It was in first Timothy, actually. I meant first Thessalonians. You're not confused. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I think it's chapter five. Yep. Okay. This is actually talking about the, the preparation. Okay. So 
in First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verse um, thirteen, I believe. It says, "Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of the mankind, rest of mankind who have no hope." For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Not purgatory, not in awaiting fire, and and, and, and I, I don't know exactly all that there is to purgatory, but it's like a, a like you, you, we all gonna burn at some point. It, it's not in the Bible. That's, that's just where I'm basing everything that I know from. If it ain't in the Bible, it's not in my my thought process. I mean, that, no, I mean, I'm not gonna say like thought process. Like I'm just never thinking about it. But it, you get what I mean. It says that those who have fallen asleep in Him yet yeah, going to 15. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we are still alive. Who are we tell you? We tell you that we who are still alive. Who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those who are in the slumber will come out and rise. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and we will be with the Lord forever. And so now in the day of the Lord, it says this. So for those who are scared, because a lot of people end up getting scared about the idea of the rapture. Um, and the reason why this is coming up is because there are two outcomes, right? We either die before the coming of Christ and either go to heaven or hell, or you're still alive and Jesus comes back and you have to go through the tribulations. Now, I won't go over the tribulations right now. However, I will talk about um, chapter five, which is really some comfort. Like, I really don't want nobody to be worried. I don't want to talk about this and then leave you in your head not knowing that. Chill, like, chill out. Don't don't be worrying. It says in the Bible not to worry. Which of you by worrying can add a single cubit of me or a single measurement of time to your life? So don't worry about it. That is not going to solve the issue. Breathe. Breathe with me. <sighs> Hope you can smell my breath through this mic. But anyways, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. First Peter chapter five, verse, I forgot. Let me go over it. First Peter chapter, first Peter chapter what? Come on, come on. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. I knew it. Um, Let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. I believe it's 13 for the full armor. 
Did I say Ephesians? Yeah, okay. I thought I said Ecclesiastes for a second. Um, But it says at verse 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. And I really want to offer peace of mind, which comes from my, which comes from Jesus in the first place, that you have no need to worry. You should not be worried about it because like, like it just said in first Timothy, that God wants us all to be saved. He wants us all to be saved and he gives us the choice to decline. As it was revealed to me in another thought process when it was me and a few people on a, on a, on a FaceTime call and one of them brought up the the fact that when Jesus died, chose to die, made the decision to die on the cross, he was fighting the, the thought process of it. He said, get this, pass the cup on. Give it to some, get somebody else to do it. I don't want to go through this. And yet he chose to, but when he chose to, go up there and die on the cross, die like that. It was to give us the option to choose him. He did it knowing that people would still choose to do what they wanted to do. Imagine dying for somebody and you know that there are going to be fewer people who choose and accept you rather than the vastly larger majority that is going to turn their backs and even scoff at you, laugh, make jokes about you, disrespect you. And while he was, man, he is still God in the flesh. So he knew what was going to happen. He knew there was going to be the possibility. No, not the possibility, the fact that there are going to be those who still don't choose him. And as a matter of fact, treat him less than dirt. Even like the clip that just came up recently about that one VTuber that was saying um, some very disrespectful things about Jesus. Very disrespectful things. Um, I believe it was around Easter. I have not a recollection of what was going on, nor am I here to bash her. Everybody's entitled to think what they believe. Everybody is. I seriously think that although the way you believe doesn't disqualify you from the fact that this is the truth just because I don't believe that bees going just you know just because I believe that bees don't sting people doesn't mean that if I throw a rock at a beehive to prove my point I'm not going to get stung I'm going to get stung as many times as the bees choose to actually no they're going to die I forgot the bees died but my point is, is like, just because you don't believe in something doesn't make it not true. So if somebody chooses to believe that the Bible is fake, doesn't mean that it, you know, completely negates the fact that it's the final authority. All of us are going to be judged accordingly based off of what's in this book. Judged righteously based off of what is in this book. And... I, I just want to give people some some hope like he wants us to choose him. You have the option. Make the option while we're still here. 
of course do it on your own accord not because you're scared of oh, i'm not trying to go to hell so i don't you know what i'm saying i'm doing it for that reason only like like i'm i don't mean it like that i feel like i just pressed the crazy button oh i thought i just ended the whole recording bro i was scared <laughs> but um rather make the decision because you want to know who he is like seriously like I know I didn't go as in-depth as I thought I was going to with the idea of death and what goes on afterwards. No matter of fact, there is one thing I do want to say is that a lot of people, and I spoke about this before as well, feel like the dead don't die, that the dead are resonant in a second spirit realm and they just kind of like watch over you. That as much as it could sound like oh yeah they die on the earth they stay on the earth you know what i'm saying it's not true um bible says that the dead are dead um let me see if i can go back and find that 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 verse that i found in isaiah it may take me a little sec I might have found it. I might have found it. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Mm, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Give it to me. Just give it to me. I don't remember where the heck it is. But anyways, this is um essentially don't seek out mediums or people who go and talk to the spirits and you know go and give them their give uh, go and give them money so that they may speak on the dead for our behalf. But should a people not instead talk to their God? For the dead are dead like they're they're not here anymore instead we should just seek the one who created us um i want to find that verse um but yeah that that's the pod i know i talked about a lot of stuff bro i don't even remember what all i talked about i just hope someone caught a dime piece or just found out some stuff that they ain't even know before um, but to sum it all up, my thought process is after we die, we either do one of two things, either let Jesus pay for all of the bad things that we have done and will continue. No, let me not say will continue and will eventually also do since past, present and future. He covers them all. So. We either have two options. We either 
go and find out who this Jesus is and accept him and let him pay for the consequences of our actions, which he was not, he didn't even have to do, chose to do it. Or two, we do what the heck we feel like doing and end up paying for the price that is following our own sinful desires. That that is essentially it. And hell is not hell is not fun. Hell is not going to you're going to be in so much pain if you were to go there that you wouldn't even be able to 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 move. Like I feel like you'd be paralyzed from the amount. I heard People saying that there's worms and maggots that crawl through your skin, that your flesh is melting and, and falling off of your body. But you, you, you're the way that I it was revealed to me in my youth was that you are essentially immortal and you can feel pain. And you are in a place where pain tolerant. I feel like it's it's, it's just like lowered. Like, imagine you you put your hand on the stove. At least you've got skin to back that up. Imagine the skin's gone from your hand and you put pure muscle. Like, you take the whole first layer of skin off and then put your hand on the stove. That's going to hurt worse than if you had the skin there as a protection barrier. Like, imagine your pain tolerance has turned to negative 1,000 from what it is right now. And then you're put in the middle of a burning building. That doesn't ever collapse in on itself. But there's so much like I, I've heard that that there's different types of things that go on in hell. Um, also, according to what is done to you. But everybody that's in there going to be suffering. It's it's not it's not a select few. Satan does not run it. Satan does not run hell. Matter of fact, his plan is to drag as many people with him as possible to go with him when he gets there. When he is doomed. That's why the demons that that got caught lacking by Jesus um and that one naked man in the in the cave outside of the city they said have you come to punish us before the appointed time or have you come to torture us and torment us before the appointed time? What do you think the appointed time he's talking about is? I I want to I want to just search up um, Jesus casting demons out into pigs. I should tell you the verse either in somewhere in Matthew, Luke. I have no idea exactly where it's at. Um, I'm gonna go find it real quick after this. And it's just like, dog, they know that their time is coming up. They trying to get as many people to suffer on this earth so they can suffer with him as well in hell. It's not like y'all finna be best buddies and being like, ah, I remember when we, you know, had six hoes in the bed and we was dogging them all. Like, that's not, that's, that's not what's going to happen. Going to be in so much pain, you can't even formulate your tongue to move. Matter of fact, it might not even be a part of your body. Like, I, I really don't know what type of torment is going on there because I'm not going to go there. So I'm not even interested to find out what happens because I don't want to go there. Rather, matter of fact, I'd rather see what's going on up there with big God. I'd rather go up there and see what's going on with big heaven. And it's like, I'd rather, I'd rather not. 
and trust me, I had the same perception that hell was just a big party. Like, okay, well, I can't do these things in heaven, so I might as well be able to do them in hell, right? Nope. 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 It's just that here, the best way to put it is that earth is going to be your heaven if you are a non-believer, and earth is going to be your hell if you are a believer. It can't get no better than this if you end up in hell. But if you end up going to heaven, not end up, if you get to go to heaven, if you, no, not even get, let me find the right word. If you know you're getting into heaven, then earth is as close to hell as you're getting. If you, if you, maybe, I don't even want to say that if you know you're going to hell, people may think they're going to hell or people may think they're going to heaven, but their heart is not tailored towards God. Their actions and their heart are see-through. It, it, God, God, God going to see through all of that, bro. You can put on all the church drip you want, bro. If you still living like you want to without any type of love for the Lord, any type of reverence for him, I don't know what to say to you. Look, I ain't God. I ain't the judge. All I'm going to go off of is what his word says. I Some people going to barely make it in, though. Like I, I've heard that before. That some people barely make it in. Just barely. Do the bare minimum. But the thing is, is also, I forgot to mention that there are rewards in heaven. Um... For doing different things while the while the uh, while we're on this earth, but yeah, man. Um, sum it up: you either let Jesus pay your penalty, or you pay the penalty yourself. And I do want to wrap this up for those who have gotten this far and they want to know: okay, how do I get to heaven? Follow this prayer after me, Holy Spirit. Get to work. I trust in you, Father God. I come before you. And I humbly bow before your throne of grace. I acknowledge that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay for my sins. I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord over my life and he is the son of God. I ask you to come into my life, Holy Spirit, come into my heart change my ways and I acknowledge my sin before you and ask that you forgive me and show me how to live a life that pleases and honors you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now there you go. You've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you've made the qualification right there. You, when you confess with your tongue and acknowledge that Jesus is, is Lord of your life, Jesus is Lord and Savior. Dog. You made it, Chief. Now, here's the next step. Get in the Word and find out what He says. Start by Matthew and keep on going. Look, that's it. Literally, that's it. People, I will say this now. If that was your first time praying it, let me say that don't overdo it with the thinking like it can't be that easy to get into a place like that if you really meant what you just said in your heart and you are willing to now live a life that pleases and puts god first in your heart 
and in your actions, dog, you have made the cut. Now, what you need to do is just start figuring out what to do. What do I do next? Start from Matthew, learn who Jesus is, what his character is like, and and, and just, I'd advise getting a highlighter or you getting a Bible app, getting a Bible at a, at a bookstore close to you. Um, Barnes and Noble is a good one. I recommend NIV for those who are just starting. Very simple and understandable. That's what I use. And start from Matthew, get an understanding, and go from there. And then also, if you're starting to, just if you want to see how all of creation was made, start from Genesis and then go up until it talks about um, Cain and Abel. Then that, that's the start of the world and how sin came in. Now we talk about in Matthew, Jesus coming in, who is the savior of the mess ups from Genesis. So now that you've acknowledged that, man, just get into the word. Start praying and talking to him. Ask God questions truthfully, like we were talking about earlier. And man, you are on the road. You are on the narrow path. All right. So I don't know if anyone prayed that. And if they did, bro, I'm seriously happy that if even one person prays it, send me a message on Instagram, bro. Send me a message on Instagram. Um, word of reason dot pod on Instagram, or you can email me personally at wordofreason at gmail.com word of reason podcast at gmail.com sorry but yeah man um let me see i want to double check make sure everything's good i forgot that there was a spiritual life coaching book that i had with this prayer in here um let me let me just go over this real quick Ah, yes. I forgot a vital part in the prayer is that I believe that Jesus died for my sins and Father, you raised him from the dead. I believe he is God in the flesh. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I forgot the part where, yeah, you gotta believe that he raised from the dead. He's him like that. He's him like that. But yeah, I. If you have any more questions, you can hit me up at either one of those places just listed. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the Word of Reason podcast, where you bring reason to your life only through the Word of God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you got to this point, you're art. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to catch y'all in the next episode. Peace.